from Minneapolis and the site of the 2019 Final Four. It's College Basketball Coast to Coast Live. We now know your championship game participants. It will be the Virginia Cavaliers against the Texas Tech Red Raiders for all the marbles, for the big one, for the trophy, to cut the nets down here in the Great White North after two semifinal wins, one of them controversially, the other one impressively. We're ready to talk all about it. I'm T.J. Reeves. Thanks for finding us here on Sunday afternoon on TuneIn. I have enlisted the help of my man, Ari Russell, who's been with us all along here on College Basketball Coast to Coast throughout this 2019 season and into March and into March Madness and now the Final Four. We've got other special guests that will be joining us coming up. We have now had Ari Russell about 13 or 14 hours to digest semifinal Saturday. Good afternoon to you. Yep. And wow. Oh, boy. I mean, drama is what it is. I, I, it's, I thought they canceled, what was it, one day at a time on Netflix? <laughs> I, they, they, it's one call at a time on Saturday night. Uh, but that's good. That's good for, uh, for what we do. I mean, let's be real. It's, you know, people want to talk about this or that. We're talking about the controversy. The game was, was a close game, and uh, there's things to talk about just a little bit. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about, obviously, coming out of this one. So... Uh, let me set the table on what we have for you, uh, wherever and however you found us. Again, we're on TuneIn. The name of the show is College Basketball Coast to Coast, and you've been hearing our podcast. This is the live version of the show here this afternoon, and you may be hearing replays on this TuneIn channel. If you're catching part of the show and you're going, wait a minute, I missed the first half of whatever they're talking about. I'm going to say this probably another couple of times before we're done. The replay of this show will be going on all throughout Sunday, all throughout Sunday night, recapping the national semifinal wins by Virginia and by Texas Tech. We will be back tomorrow as well at 1 Eastern time with a full-blown national title game preview between the Cavaliers and the Red Raiders. This is more of the recap mode and kind of setting the scene of what we saw last night and the scene on a Sunday in between the semifinals of the championship game here today. So again, however you found the show, spread the word, find us through the TuneIn live channel that you're on right now, Tag Sports Group, but also subscribe to the podcast College Basketball Coast to Coast because we've got podcasts on there as well. So it's dual purpose, two different tracks that we have going. A little bit later on, we're going to hear from analyst Mark Wise. He was in the U.S. Bank Stadium with you and me, Ari, uh, last night for part of this. He's got thoughts on the controversial end to Virginia and uh, Auburn. And uh, I know that even today, they are still up in arms over the way it ended in Auburn, Alabama, and all across the South and the Southeastern Conference about the way that that game ended last night. So Mark will have thoughts on that. And also Texas Tech's win in the nightcap over Michigan State. Kudos to him because Mark said, I, I like Texas Tech and I like the Virginia Cavaliers. He got both of those correct. I was halfway with Virginia. I didn't get Michigan State. Uh, you went chalk with Michigan State and mm-hmm. with Virginia on this right, one. but no one should ever take what I say because I'll lose you a lot of money. But, you know, you've been watching all this. You saw Michigan State in person in Washington, D.C. a week ago today defeat Duke. So, uh, again, Mark's going to have his thoughts. We'll get to those. Uh, we'll hear from Matt Zimick of CBB Today, who's a frequent guest and contributor on this podcast, College Basketball Coast to Coast, and on the live coverage here. I'll bring him on, on tune in on College Basketball Coast to Coast to give his perspective on the foul call, the three made free throws by Kyle Guy of Virginia, historical perspective on that. And, and now somebody, Ari's going to win a national title for the first time. Texas Tech mm-hmm. and Virginia have never been in the title game. So whoever cool. wins, uh, it's a first time for this, and it just shows you 
that you, it's unpredictable and, uh-huh. and it's different and it's different than any other event in that regard and uh-huh. it's what makes it great. I, it's I mean you know we don't have blue bloods but we had two very competitive games last night and you know the way that both of these teams play you would be suspect you would suspect at least from what we've seen that this is going to be a competitive final a lot of people are joking like the first team to 45 is going to win this game but but uh you know th- it's great you would two phenomenal coaches I mean Tony Bennett first off uh, it, I mean he comes from that great line you know his father was was a great basketball coach as well and everybody in in the industry respects him he, he's he's really built up this Virginia Virginia program to be a dominant force and you know remember last year they were their first team to ever be a one seed to lose to the 16 seed in UMBC which you know put a lot of pressure on this team and now here they are uh, was a favorite uh, weren't even a favorite coming into this year you know obviously last year was a big disappointment uh, but I, I believe that this team uh, played with a chip on their shoulder the entire season and uh, you can't tell by the way that they play the game but there's something about how Tony Bennett has coached this team up, you know, they, they, they have a chance. Uh, they got 40 minutes to see if they're going to cut down the nets and be national championship for the first time ever. On the other side, Texas Tech, a team that lost, what, three, four starters from a year ago, yep. including a lottery pick. Was Zaire Smith, uh, was he a lottery pick? Keenan Evans, too. Keenan Evans, you know, they had two, two major superstar players, and here they are. They've looked dominant. They've looked absolutely dominant. They're another team that when they, when they had won, I believe, uh, their Sweet 16 game, I think I had put on my Facebook, amongst other things that I put on on my Facebook, I put on my Facebook. I said, you know, Tex Tech can win this whole thing, and and you know they they got a, a chance as well. Forty minutes, we're going to see these two, probably the best two defensive teams in the country, going head to head to win the title. That's the voice of Ari Russell. Again, follow him at Ari Russell on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, we'll hear from Mark Wise in a little bit, Matt Zimmick in a little bit. Ari was in both winning locker rooms. That's always a fun job for you. This is now, sort of. this is now the fourth year in a row that you've been with me, with Mark on TuneIn. As long you, as I don't get run over by the camera, guys, I'm you, good. You are, uh, you are great at going and getting these conversations, and we're going to hear from a couple of the players that you got. Um, uh, Kahai Clark, the freshman guard from Virginia, who you talked to, and uh, also uh, Kyler Edwards of Texas Tech. Um, you do a great job with those, but I mean, it's it's neat to be around these guys in that locker room setting because they now know on semifinal Saturday night we are a game away. Mm-hmm. We have now won five games in this tournament, and for Virginia and Texas Tech, they are a game away from history, from immortality, from winning the whole thing. So we're going to hear those interviews. Uh, here in uh, in a little bit. So let's don't. I mean, we've we've gone here about eight minutes, and we we haven't gotten into the biggest part of the controversy. And you need to appreciate a couple of things for us in that we're not seeing the same exact things that you're seeing if you're watching on TV. We obviously don't hear the commentators, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill on the national call, and of course Westwood One has the radio call with Kevin Krugler, uh, Kugler and the crew on Westwood One uh, here on TuneIn. We're not privy to that in the uh, in the arena, so we are watching live as everything unfolds. Um, so again, a, a great many people uh, saw this, had immediate opinions, a, a immediacy of social media. Everybody goes on social media and gives their opinions. I'll say to you because you're sitting here with me, you were actually at the other end of the court where this was going on, where Kyle Guy was attempting the three pointer in the final second, and the foul was called. Mark and I were at the opposite end, uh, away from it. So you had the better vantage point. You could hear better. At our vantage point, we couldn't hear the whistle. And I'm thinking game over, Auburn is one, and Bruce Pearl's walking down the sideline. Then you could see in that same second, the referees are together, and one of them's going no, 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 and waving his hands because they have a foul call. 
but you would be better to answer because you were closer, Ari Russell. Give me well, the perspective. I didn't, I didn't hear the whistle because, uh, and apparently not that many other people in this in the arena uh, or the stadium heard the whistle either. Uh, the players did, but 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 I didn't. Uh, but I'm you know further back, and plus I had the student section right there with the band. So like there was a lot of commotion at that point, and that was the Virginia side, obviously. Um, you know, but but I did think when he when he did let go of the shot, I did feel that there was contact not allowing him to go down and and you have to be able to finish your full shot you have to be able to do the entire motion because that's the rule and he did make contact and in fact if you look at the, the replay he, the here is is Samir, Samir Doty. Doty. yeah he he uh made contact two things he makes contact with the body and he's not allowing him to land and by right. point of emphasis with the officials for the last couple of years right. that is black and white in what they're emphasizing if you're not allowing him to land because of body contact yeah. it is automatically a foul Continue. well and then you know you, you you start hearing from fans and i understand the disappointment they well they say you can't make that call at the end of the game um you know or incidental contact. I've heard that incidental contact is not a is not a thing in in basketball. That's a football concept. Incidental contact is a foul in basketball <laughs> on the first second of the game and the last second of the game, and it's supposed to be a foul at every minute in between, every second in between. Right? right? It doesn't matter. So yes, the rule states that what he did was a foul. So they called the foul. That was the right call. I don't care what time of the game it is. A foul is a foul is a foul. I hate when people say you got to let that go. No, if there's contact, the of guy's in the shot, it's a foul, especially shooting a three-point last second. What happens if they didn't make the call? Then Virginia has beef. Of course. So, so, so you made the right call there. Now, now the question, the bigger question, yep. you know, yep. um, is, is the double dribble. But that's not, even not called. Not called previously, where where he did double dribble Ty Jerome, um, and they didn't and they didn't call it, and that was Ty Jerome, I believe. That is correct. Yeah. And let's and let's say this for yeah. Doug Sermons and Keith Kimball and James Breeding, they're working a national semifinal game as the officials, and it is a tough job to officiate. We know this. Uh, if Mark was here right now with us in this moment, he would say this the, the same thing. It is not an easy job, but this is the the highest level and. Look, they missed it, and, and not unlike the Saints-Rams play in the NFC Championship NFL playoff game, they didn't call pass interference. The Saints fans went berserk, boycott, don't watch the Super Bowl. We have a non-call in the national semifinal. Those guys feel awful. I know the supervisor of officials, J.D. Collins, who was a longtime high-level referee, he's the national supervisor of the NCAA officials, he released a statement about the foul at the end of yep. the game, but he said nothing about the missed double dribble, double dribble. and that's the, bigger, that's the bigger beef, to use your word, that the Auburn fans <laughs> have. But, but look, here's the other thing. Live in that situation, it's not like the Auburn coaching staff was jumping up and down and bench and saying double dribble. All of us were kind of caught up in it, but it's still the referee's job. It was He's hard to standing see. right there to know. Well, that he was, but he wasn't. He was eva- He was blocked. From obscured a little obscured, bit. Obscured, yeah. And there wasn't anyone on the other side to check it out. It was. It, it's one of those things where you know, was it was it a double dribble? You can't tell. What did was live? It, what live? What what was the ball hit or did it hit off the? You know, you can't tell that. It's not replayable. You know, and 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 that's the case. But also, you know, then you can make the argument that 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 it went off the back of his leg because there was a foul. Like the there, Auburn player was trying call, to give the foul. Was it wasn't wasn't called? So again, contact there. So controversy, yes. The, as far as the three point play, you know, as far as the rules state, they got that call correct. And uh, you know, let's not take away the fact that that you know forced guy to have to hit. 
three free throws for the win. For the win. Two for the tie. One for the win. So you you have you know you realize that how much pressure is in that situation. So it didn't produce something other than force a result for for guy to actually have to hit three free throws to win the game. Incredible drama. Incredible drama yeah. in that U.S. Bank Stadium, not far from where we're seated right now, doing this show on TuneIn on Final Four weekend on this Sunday. Here is part of College Basketball Coast to Coast Live. Can't convey to you. I know you were watching on TV by the by the thousands, by the millions of you uh, were watching on TV, but you can't convey the drama and the pressure. you got 70,000-plus people just holding their breath while Kyle Guy shot those free throws. Uh, what a moment. All right, so that's you and me with the opinions. Our yeah. analyst is Mark Wise from ESPN and the SEC Network coverage on TV, also with us on TuneIn. Mark's been around with me uh, for, for going on about 15 years of the Final Four, as you have as well, Ari, and we've all worked together. So this is afterwards last night from our College Basketball Coast to Coast recap show, but the, the comments are still very much uh, in play. Love the insight, the analysis. Here is what our analyst Mark Wise had to say first about the missed double dribble mm-hmm. setting the in game into motion including the foul call on the on the three pointers and then Virginia ultimately pulling it out don't take away from Virginia because they were able to get the win here's Mark Wise again in our post game aftermath with his comments on the ending the controversial ending Auburn Virginia beginning with the non double dribble call well, Auburn gave the foul. It was their fifth. And then they're going to give the next foul. And as Jerome is coming up the floor, he goes behind his back and dribbles the ball off the back of his heel, goes back into backcourt and collects it. Where well, he was already in backcourt, hadn't gotten into frontcourt, but he went back and picked it up instead of continuing with the dribble. Once he picked it up, because the defender never touched the ball, that would make that a double dribble. I didn't catch it at the time, but uh, man, what a what a tough call not to make in that situation. Yeah, and so that Auburn fan fuming from that, and then fuming from the crazy ending because then they gave the foul, and then there was a timeout taken, and so now you've got less than two seconds left with Virginia down by two. And you were diagramming plays for me right there on the press table about where should they catch it, where should they not catch it. Is it going to be a two? Is it going to be a three? Crazy ending. Well, there. If you're facing um, Virginia's basket, they took it out at the 28-foot mark to the left. If with less than two seconds to go, you really don't have much choice but be a catch-and-shoot situation. You've got plenty of time for a catch-and-shoot. But if the ball is going to be taken out on the left, most likely it's going to the left corner or the top of the key. So I was really surprised that Guy was able to catch a ball so cleanly on what we call the same side corner. So the same side that Virginia took the ball out on, he was able to get a clean look and really get up in the air for a clean three. Okay, again, that's the voice of Mark Wise. T.J. Reeves with you. We are at the Final Four recapping the national semifinals on Saturday night as Virginia has won a crazy controversial finish. And let's get to that controversial finish. The ball is inbounded, and Kyle Guy catches and live. Now, now uh, in fairness, we're at the other end of the floor in the end zone, if you will, on our press table. You saw the three go up. You heard the horn. I, I'm thinking game over. And Bruce Pearl is walking towards midcourt from what we can see to shake hands. But then you clearly see the officials in that same second or two are walking towards midcourt because one of them is saying, 
I have a foul. And they had the foul from the get-go. So, um, again, I'm a big believer you do not allow the players to decide games. If there's a foul called, if there's a foul committed, you, you, you call the foul. I'm also a big believer that you always, always, always protect the shooter. There is no doubt in my mind that there was contact and you had to protect the shooter. And in this case, Guy goes up for the three-pointer, and it is uh, Samir Dowdy who is under him, who is bumping him in that instance, not allowing him to land. And the end result is three free throws with less than a second left, as as dramatic as as it can possibly be in a national semifinal situation. Two free throws to tie, three to potentially win the game. Yeah, you hate for any game to end that way, but I thought it was the right call. Okay, so guy steps to the line, and I, I kept saying to you, Darius Washington, Conference USA tournament, NCAA tournament on the line. Again, same thing, two to tie, three to win. There was no time left in that situation, no one at the foul line with him. Say something about Cal Guy standing there with the season hanging in the balance. Well, I have to believe that's the guy that Tony Bennett would want to be at the line, uh, especially the way Virginia had shot free throws during the course of the game. So from that standpoint, um, I think that's the guy he was most comfortable with. The only free throw that looked a little shaky to me was the second one. But the first one and the third one, dead center pocket. How about he came out of a timeout on the third one? Because they were talking things over in the timeout, both teams. He came out of the timeout and and cold-blooded makes the third of three free throws. Um, the other thing you hearken back to, it's the 30th anniversary of Michigan and the overtime national title win with Seton Hall that ended with Ramil Robinson at the foul line. Seton Hall fan and a lot of people to this day dispute that foul call. It ended with two free throws, and in that case, uh, Michigan down one, and Ramil Robinson made both. There's a reference point. Again, uh, the officials hate for any game to end this way. The losing team always hates for a game to end this way, but I'm, I'm going to come back to what I've said earlier. The bottom line, in, in my view, I thought it was a foul. I thought it was the right call. I did too. James Breeding is on the call, and I, you got to give him an opportunity to land, and if, if you're dowdy, you can't be up under him. You cannot get that close and be up under him and even make it. I, I know you're trying to keep him from winning the game with a three-pointer by contesting it, right. but if you bump him, you bump him. If you hit him, you hit him. I agree, and uh, it's too bad that we had two really tough calls for the officials in the last five seconds of the game. Yeah. Incredible drop. It, it, it will belittle what Auburn did in the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah, it was a great comeback. Again, the voice of Mark Wise. You can follow him at MW Hoops. He's with us here in Minnesota this weekend on our college basketball coast-to-coast coverage, uh, including after the game there last night where you were hearing his comments. And, and Auburn did make a great comeback. I mean, Bryce Brown hitting those three-pointers. Ari Russell, they had the lead. Uh, and again, the missed free throw uh, opened the door for two opportunities, for uh, an opportunity to maybe make a tying shot with a two or win the game with a three, and as it turns out, Kyle got... We can't convey this enough. Again, you were at that end of the floor where he was shooting in the end zone press area. Mark and I were at the other end. Drama maybe doesn't do it justice. Good gosh, to stand there with your your hopes hanging in the balance, Ari. My question is this. Forget I I wonder how many Auburn fans got arrested last night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were legitimately concerned because when the game – I was. When the game ended and the three officials were running off with the police escort, they were running right by the Auburn student section, right in front of us, sorry. And those those students – 
Uh, it's a shame. We're throwing things at them. There were Auburn fans in the stands where they were running that came running down throwing things at them. Uh, you know was, what job stinks? Yeah. Being a referee. I mean, I, you really have to be a very strong-minded, thick-skinned person to be a referee. Because no matter what, you stink to, to whoever, to, to at least of course. Half, half the people watching the game. It was some scene, and I was concerned there might be trouble outside of the stadium uh, or, or in Auburn. Uh, we saw the scene at Toomer's Corner. It's on the Internet. Toomer's Corner is legendary on the Auburn campus that whenever they win a big football game or a big event, they go and take toilet paper and toilet roll the trees at Toomer's Corner. It's on the Internet. You can see it where the fans came running out of wherever they were watching the game into Toomer's Corner and started toilet rolling the trees for like two minutes before finally the word got out, the game is not over, we did not win, he's making free throws, we've lost. What a rip-the-tablecloth right out from under the huge meal. Oh, my gosh. To end it. By the way, a shout-out to my friend uh, and colleague in the media, Greg Blackburn in Tampa, because Greg Blackburn called me a little while ago before this live show and said, hey, if you were scripting from the NCAA with all the trouble that Bruce Pearl has always been in and been around, to have a scenario at the end of the game where uh, it doesn't go his way on the biggest stage in the NCAA's biggest event, <laughs> yeah. there, there you have it. Yeah. So I'm sure Greg is smiling while I make reference to that. N- nice job, Mr. Blackburn, with that one because it was a gut punch. And Bruce Pearl handled himself, we should say, Ari, he handled himself well with the media. He apparently berated an NCAA official before the press conference that everybody saw. Right. Uh, he, you were standing there, and he kept the Auburn locker room closed, obviously, right. while uh, for an extra five minutes or more. Longer than that. Ten minutes or more until right. I believe they got back. There's another NCAA violation. Yeah. So, yeah, Bruce <laughs> Pearl and the whole thing. So let's talk about, speaking of locker rooms, let's talk about the victorious Virginia locker room and their freshman, uh, Kahai Clark, uh, that was out there and contributing in this game. Uh, again, he was not part, because he's a freshman, he was not part of what they went through last year losing to a 16 seed. But here they've now come back a year later, his first year, and the freshman has helped them get to the championship game. He finished last night with nine points with three assists and a steal in uh, in this one last evening, in 36 minutes of action. So here was Ari Russell after the game, after Virginia had won the first semifinal. What are your emotions going on right now? Uh, I was lost for words. I don't know how we pulled that out um, at the end. I, I was still in shock when I came back into the locker room. But um, but just thankful, thankful to pull it out. Did you did you actually hear the whistle on that foul with Kyle Guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody heard the whistle clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Um, and then looking back at the replay, I mean, he did have nowhere to land, so I thought that was a good call. Just talk about the resilience and focus of this team. These are two really close games that you played going down the last minute, especially the overtime play last. There's something about this team. Just talk about how you guys keep your poise until the, until the, until the clock runs down to zero. Um, we we got a lot of veterans on this team, and uh, I think I think we really uh, I think they really do a good job of uh, keeping the team composed and, and, and poised down the stretch. Um, we've definitely been here quite a bit uh, throughout the year, and I know last year they had a couple close ones. So I think uh, those games kind of helped us to be in this position right now. How much fun is it to be the first Virginia team ever to play for a national title? What is it? What is it? I know you haven't gotten there yet, but I mean, as far as your mental part, but just right now, what are you feeling as far as being the first ever? Um, just just thank thankful to be a part of this group and uh, I know we got a lot of special guys on this team so <coughs> just means a lot to be a part of this group okay no doubt well good luck congratulations on Monday night thank you 
Again, that freshman did a tremendous job as a, as a uh, floor leader for them, playing 36 minutes. Ty Jerome finished with 21 points, Ari, as we're in the recap mode, four three-pointers. And Kyle Guy, 15 points, a couple of threes, and the three most important free throws in Virginia basketball history. Can't stress it enough. I, I, made, me- I made reference with Mark, Ramil Robinson, 30th anniversary of Michigan winning the national title with Ramil Robinson at the foul line on a foul that Seton Hall fans to this day still dispute. A lot of people still dispute that there was not a foul there on Jerry Green, the, uh, the, the Seton Hall player. Robinson down one, had two free throws, one to tie, two to win, yep. made them both with one second left to win the national title. But here was Cal Guy having to make two to tie, three to win, and he made them all. And Virginia, they had the escape with less than a second left in the regional final against Purdue on the broken play where Mamadi Diakite was able to put the ball in from about 10 feet away with less than a second left. And now Cal Guy puts them into the national championship game. Mm. I mean, (laughs) as Tony Bennett said, we're taking uh, survive and advance to an extreme. Yeah, he is. He left his heart in, I can't even. <laughs> Maybe in Charlottesville? Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Because right. you can't, ha- I mean, your heart would, you, your heart rate goes, you, you know, hypertension, you name, you name it. You know, this is definitely something for the faint of heart. Virginia fans have definitely need to go get some echocardiograms. And, and it's also Sunday, and I keep mentioning this, uh, every pew and every altar and every church in the state of Virginia ought to be full on this Sunday where they're giving <laughs> thanks not only for the foul call, but also for Kyle Guy making those three free throws, or else Virginia would be home. Instead, they're going for their first ever national title on Monday night. You're tuned in. Figuratively and literally, to college basketball coast to coast live on TuneIn. And again, subscribe to our podcast as well via iTunes and Stitcher. Find the podcast on Spreaker.com. Our guys at CBBToday.com also do a great job of promoting with us on the college basketball coast to coast podcast. This is the live show from the Final Four. We're coming your way at 1 Eastern time, noon local time. You may be hearing the replay throughout Sunday, throughout Sunday night into Monday. We're back live Monday at 1 Eastern time as well to preview the national title game. I'm TJ Reeves. I've got Ari Russell with me. Now let's get to semifinal game number two real quick while we have the opportunity here and uh, give uh, give credit to Texas Tech. They are in the title game because they won with the same blueprint, blueprint if I can get it out. Toughness, making key shots, uh, squeezing off Michigan State. Give me your thought uh, because we watched this one unfold and Texas Tech does it again. They're just so hard to score against. You can't get a good open look. I mean, um, Izzo said in the in the post game, he said he thought that he was going to be able to get some advantage in the post because of the strength of the players and, and kind of what they were able to do against you know Louisiana State, uh, but not the case here. Uh, it, it's just the the help defense, the 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 way they protect the rim. They just are relentless around the ball. It is just a they I I they. As good as of a defensive team that Virginia is, the defensive, I guess, construct, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, and uh, f- formations. It's almost like it's a formation that that or scheme that that the, the Red Raiders have on defense. It, it I haven't seen something like this in a they while. They have length. They got length. They just have discipline, athleticism, and they they seem to be moving in motion. They just communicate. It, they it doesn't seem like they have a flaw in defense. It's very difficult to score. We've seen them just dismantle every single opponent as far as making it difficult. You're not Michigan, getting shots. To your point, Michigan scored 14 points in the, the first, first half. half. That was crazy. Gonzaga was held 20 plus points under their average in the loss. 
And now last night, Michigan State shoots 31% from the floor. Michigan State turned the ball over 11 times. They only made 7 of 24 from 3. And it was Texas Tech's defense just making it too tough on them. And we'll go back to what my colleague Mark Wise had to say with his analysis after this win by Texas Tech, why they were able to have so much success, especially uh, defensively, what it means with Chris Beard, the third-year coach, and the job that he's done. He's in the title game, Texas Tech in the title game for the first time. So let's go back to last night. And we began, I began asking Mark Wise about the Red Raider defense siphoning off Michigan State. Again, they are getting it done on the defensive end. I love the matchup that Chris Beard did by putting Culver on Winston out at the point, put that length on him, really stopped him in his tracks in terms of any kind of transition points. It's a Texas Tech team, and we talked about this in the preview mode. It's a Texas Tech defense that just doesn't get into rotations. And because they're so connected on the defensive end, Michigan State was not only having a hard time scoring, they were having a hard time finding quality looks. I thought the Texas Tech defense was marvelous from the opening tip to the final horn. All right, so a couple of things that stood out. One, for the Red Raiders, Jarrett Culver is their best player. Uh, He only had one point in the first half. He was not much of an offensive factor. A kid by the name of Matt Mooney, a veteran player from Illinois for Chris Beard, who was already there uh, when Chris Beard took the program over. Matt Mooney had uh, arguably the game of his life in the national semifinal with 22 points. He picked up the slack. Well, when they built the lead in the second half, it was on the shoulders of Mooney. He was making threes. He was getting into the paint, making good decisions, making some tough shots. I thought it was Mooney who created the space for Texas Tech to, to get the lead that they did. But at the end, when they needed hoops, they went back to their best player. And Culver is the guy who shut the door on Michigan State. Yeah, he delivered a floating little right-handed jumper from about 10 feet and then a big three late. But Michigan State had their chances. They made a couple of shots. They had the ball a couple of times late. When it was a five-point game, a three-point game, Winston got the offensive foul on the screen. Matt McQuaid, who had made a couple of big threes on the night, had a wide-open look for three that would have got him within one. He misses. Texas Tech made the plays, then made their free throws at the end. It's why they're still alive. Yeah, it's interesting that the two games that we saw tonight are both defensive-minded, but I still come back to this. I still believe that more big games are lost because you couldn't score versus you couldn't defend. And if we are talking about Auburn in the championship game, I think we would be talking about Virginia couldn't score against Auburn down the stretch, but somehow they got it done. In the second game, Flat. I mean, the bottom line, Michigan State could not score against the Texas Tech defense. Very true. Cassius Winston, again, a decent stat line, but he only had two assists, and he had four turnovers in this basketball game. Uh, I believe four of 16 from the floor, and they just, other than McQuaid hitting some threes, they didn't have enough offense, and you're saying credit the guys in red, the Red Raiders, for not giving them good looks, easy looks, especially in the second half. I know in pregame mode you were talking about Culver had to have a good game he didn't in terms of his offense but we were also talking well who is the other guy and I made the comment that it it's different guys on different nights for this team one guy that that I think gets lost in the shuffle Brandon Francis gave him nine points off the bench scored a couple of times off the bounce knocked down a three 
I think those are bonus points for Chris Beard. And let's talk for a second about Chris Beard because, again, just like Tony Bennett from the first game, he's never been in a Final Four, and now neither one of them have ever been in a national championship game. How would you rate this coaching job individually here on this? How would you, how would you rate what Beard was able to do and the strategy, et cetera? Well, again, it's an interesting situation because he's going against one of the iconic coaches in our game in terms of Tom Izzo. Um, again, you, you, you've got to have players to step up and perform at the, at the right times, but you've got to put those players in the right position. What he's done, and we talked about this for the last couple of days, it doesn't surprise me that this Texas Tech team is in the championship game watching them grow this season. The bigger surprise to me is that he's doing it after last year's Elite Eight when he lost four starters. Well said by Mark Wise last night after this was over with. Again, this is our tune-in college basketball coast-to-coast live program. T.J. Reeves, Ari Russell with you. If you're hearing the replay, again, keep it locked in on this channel. Tag Sports Group. Look under sports. Look under college basketball. You'll find it featured uh, through our friends at TuneIn. Uh, as we come your way, not only today with the replay of this show, catch the catch the streaming replay of this show throughout the afternoon, the evening, even into, into tomorrow, one Eastern time tomorrow, we're back with a national championship game preview of Virginia and Texas Tech. But I've got Ari Russell, my man, my wingman, Coach Ari with me here in Minneapolis, helping me recap uh, all of this. So when the game was over, you were in the victorious Texas Tech locker room when it was done. Give me a few seconds real quick on what that scene was like after they had knocked off Michigan State. They were celebrating, et cetera. And yeah, they were, but they were still pretty, uh, you know, they business mindset. I mean, they were excited. That was that was a heck of a performance. But, you know, they, they're not, they, they know that their business is not done. They didn't come here just to win a game. They came here to win two. You know, they came to Minneapolis to win two games, and, and you can tell that th- this is a business-oriented team. They're, they, they're serious, man. They're serious. They believe that they can win this thing. And, you know, listening or, or reading some quotes from, uh, from uh, Matt Mooney, who, by the way, was a, uh, a transfer from South Dakota. Um, you and know, I misspoke there on the interview. He yeah. had not been there with Chris Beard. He's one of the fifth-year transfers. Right. Thank you for yeah. the correction. But, but when they – you know, he came, he came to the school, and, you know, he uh, – Right beginning of the year, they they felt you know right away that uh, Chris Beard brought them in the locker room and said you know the early on and said you know this group has has a chance to 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 play on Monday night and uh, they're playing on Monday night and they and the, he said that the team uh, really bought in early on and that usually is the case. I mean, look, every team that starts the beginning of the season's goal is to play on the Monday night in April or usually end of March. Now it's always into April, uh, you know, at the Final Four. It's always to play on Monday night. That's every single team. What is it, 300-some-odd teams, you know? And some of them, you know, will say that, and some of them will know that, they, you know, they don't have a shot. Of course. You know, I, you know, I don't think uh, Jacksonville State, you know, had a shot, you know. But they might have told them that, so you never know. But seriously, I just rolled my eyes, by the way. You did. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, but this Texas Tech team, obviously, you know, they believe that they, they had a shot. And like we said earlier, they lost so much talent. But sometimes, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you, you lose, you know, guys that are, are tremendously talented. It just didn't fit. And, and you need to have the right combination of players, the right place, the right time. And it looks like Chris Beard has that combination. Uh, you know what else it looks like? He can really coach. Oh, yes, sir. Because, uh, I mean, he was a Division II coach and a junior college coach. He got in the NCAA tournament at Little Rock. 
Uh, Mark Wise and I called the Sun Belt title automatic bid win by his Little Rock team three years ago. They went into the tournament and defeated Purdue in the opening round game. It helped him get the Texas Tech yeah. job in yeah. the Elite Eight last year yep. and now in the championship game. And he's he's the architect behind bringing these players in. He got Tariq Owens, the player from St. John's, to transfer. Yes. Uh, Culver was a, was a holdover. Uh, but Moretti... The, uh, and he didn't even have a very good game last night. Moretti, the player from Italy, is a connection from years ago with Moretti's family and his father gets him to come all the way to Lubbock, Texas from Italy Lubbock, Texas. to play. Oh. So give Chris Beard a lot of credit. So I want to go inside that locker room last night. Kyler Edwards, a freshman, ended up with six points, four rebounds. Uh, for Texas Tech, and Ari Russell spoke with him about the win and being in Monday night's championship game. Well, let's talk about the game real quick with Michigan State. Physical team, but talk about your defense. A lot of people talk about Michigan State's defense. Didn't really People don't know about you. They know right now you've got one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the country. Uh, we pride ourselves on defense, you know, and we knew Michigan, Michigan State was a pretty tough team just like this. So it was like basically playing ourselves. But, I mean, um, at the end of the day, we try to do as, as best as we can to win. Absolutely. Now, that Owens injury, that when you saw him come back out and you heard the crowd, did that guys did that pump you guys up? I think it pumped us up a little bit more because, you know, that gave us a little more energy, you know, to go do our execute game plan. And this is a team that obviously anyone can step up. You know, Mooney had a big game. Culver, you know, Big 12 Player of the Year, didn't didn't really shine until the end. He really closed out. Just talk about how anyone can step up, and it just it, it could be your turn. It could be anybody's turn. I mean, Coach, been talking about that a lot. I mean, it could be anybody's day because anybody is is capable of having that type of game like Mooney had today. I mean, um, so I mean. It could be any, anybody's game, like I said. So. Yeah, absolutely. How much fun are you guys having this whole year, especially this run, uh, just so far? How much fun is this whole experience? Oh, man, it's been amazing because, you know, not a lot of people make it this far. And, like, this is like a once in a lifetime thing. So, I mean, we're trying to enjoy it as much as we can. Now, finally, Virginia, scout them real quick. I know at first you got to enjoy this victory, but right. just scout Virginia real quick. Oh, I really can't. I really, I really can't. You guys got to watch the film. Right. You got some time for that before you can right. do that. You know, but you got to watch a little film on them first before I can give you all that. Before you do, I don't. You don't want to get in trouble, do you? Right. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie uh, have uh, started Twitter war with anybody over there. Right. Right. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Well, congratulations and good luck on Monday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, a freshman too, and uh, you know, in that moment, he doesn't know a lot about Virginia, but no. you better believe. Today, oh, yeah. they are now head first off the high dive into the deep end on oh, yeah. Virginia. Uh, both teams working out inside of U.S. Bank Stadium, not far from where we are uh, here as part of the coverage uh, this afternoon. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen tomorrow night between these two teams, uh, Texas Tech and uh, Virginia that remain. Neither one have been in the championship game before Ari Russell, much less have won a national title in basketball, but they both have the equal opportunity. Ari, stand by. We've got more on the way here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, live from the 2019 Final Four. We'll hear from Matt Zimmick, cbbtoday.com, with some historical perspective. The controversy at the end of the Auburn matchup with Virginia, Texas Tech rolling on with another big win. Those two teams will meet on Monday night. So Matt Zimmick with us on the other side of a brief timeout. And we continue here from the 2019 Final Four live on Sunday afternoon in Minneapolis. Or if you're hearing the replays, thank you for finding us on TuneIn. We'll continue in a moment. 
College basketball coast-to-coast brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and their mobile app. If you're coming to the Final Four this weekend for the national semifinal games, if you're a fan of Michigan State or Texas Tech or Virginia or Auburn or just maybe somebody that's looking to go to the event and get into the game, go to vividseats.com or their mobile app. And we've got a promo code, TJBasketball10. We'll save you 10% off of your order, up to $50 if you're a first-time user. So use that promo code, TJBasketball10, and save. Get into the games on Saturday and Monday night by using Vivid Seats. We do continue along here from Minneapolis and the 2019 Final Four. It is now set. Texas Tech and Virginia for a championship game on Monday night. And I will bring in here from CBBToday.com. Love his writing. Love his contributions on college basketball coast-to-coast as well. Great perspective and historian of the game and all of uh, everything that uh, that happens with this NCAA tournament in the Final Four. He's Matt Zimmick back with me uh, here to analyze off the national semifinals. My goodness, good to have you. And, and I keep jokingly saying around, on and off the air in, many, in Minnesota, controversy sells. And we, have, <laughs> we have it with Auburn and Virginia, first of all. So welcome. And wow, what, a, what an ending. Well, you know, I guess we can say it's controversial in the sense that people are talking about it and some people are conflicted, but, but really, if, if I'm a sports writer, and I am, you know, and I'm talking to other people about how to write about last night's Auburn-Virginia ending, it's, it was a controversial ending, but it wasn't a controversial foul. That's a foul at every level of basketball, and we really shouldn't think that there was debate about whether that was a good call or not. Well, and the other thing is you got to step up and make the foul shots, which Cal Guy did. Not one, not two. He needed all three of them in this instance uh, to be able to give them the lead. Your thoughts, Matt, watching that and, and maybe even some historical perspective of him making those free throws. Okay, I, this, this is something that you can ask other people on site in Minneapolis, and it would be a great question. Just, just for your personal enrichment, TJ, Ask them if anyone else thought when, when Kyle Guy got fouled, and you know they obviously they had to reset to 0.6 seconds, but originally the clock was at 0.0. I was thinking that Guy might have to shoot those three foul shots alone with zero seconds left. Yeah. And if you recall, in the 1987 NBA All-Star Game, also held in a dome, it was in the King Dome, Rolando Blackman of the Dallas Mavericks and the West All-Stars was fouled with zero seconds left. So he was standing all alone. If you're fouled with zero seconds left, there's no one else allowed to stand in the lane. You are there alone shooting those foul shots. He hit two free throws to send that all-star game into overtime, and the West then won. So that was really the first thing I thought of when Guy got fouled with zero seconds left. Oh, my God, is he going to be the only guy standing there in front of 70,000 people. So that that was the historical memory that well, uh, and, that came to mind. And the one we joke about, again, in your Mr. Free Throw Awareness, the hashtag FT Awareness Month, is Darius Washington, my Memphis Tigers. Oh, my Lord. And I was courtside in Memphis, FedEx Forum, Conference USA title game, automatic bid on the line against Rick Pitino's Louisville. 
Again, two to tie, three to win, same thing. No time on the clock, fouled with no time on the clock, and these were the days where you couldn't go review to see if there was any time left. Made the first, missed the second, almost shot an air ball on the third. They lose, they don't go to the NCAA tournament. And the other one we were mentioning on the show last night, Ramil Robinson fouled, and I believe there was one second left in the 89 championship game with Seton Hall. Down one, had to make one to tie, two to win, made them both, Matt. So just some some references, but Guy, phenomenal ice water to get all three. And can, and can we also remember that just two weeks ago, New Mexico State was in Kyle Guy's same situation, mm-hmm. basically, three foul shots, down two with 1.8 seconds left, made only one. And then in another replication of a scenario we saw in Auburn, Virginia, New Mexico State got a clean three from the left corner of the court. Oh, my God, it's the same thing and couldn't make it. Uh. So, I mean, Auburn got through the situation two weeks ago and it was revisited again. And it's it's kind of like the uh, – it's just the notion of if you keep re- repeating history, you know, it's, it's, it's bound to cut the other way if you, if you get in the same spot time and time again. Amazing on that. A couple more moments. Matt Zimmick, cbbtoday.com. You can read his stuff there. Love his insight on college basketball coast-to-coast. We are here in Minneapolis uh, getting ready for the championship game Monday night. We're taking a look back to the semifinals as well. One more on Tony Bennett. Quickly, uh, vindication. Uh, whatever you want to use for a word to now be in the title game. They haven't won it, but a year after losing to a 16 seed, they survive again in a nail-biter, and they're in the title game. Matt? You know, uh, we need to remember that not just did Virginia lose as a one seed to a 16 a year ago, but it lost DeAndre Hunter to injury before that NCAA tournament began. So, I mean, that was extremely cruel Luck. It was cruel luck on par with Cincinnati losing Kenyon Martin before its NCAA tournament uh, roughly two decades ago. So I just think of these you know, breaks from the fates as being supreme payback for everything that Virginia had to endure a year ago. So you live on one side one year, you live on the other side another year. Yes, Virginia has been extraordinarily lucky. It has trailed in the last regulation second of two straight NCAA tournament games and won both, but it's really just living on the other side from last year. So it's not as though Virginia is living a charmed existence in the larger scope of human history, but it's a it's a it's it's been in the larger scope of this season. But it's really a welcome payback for everything it had to endure a year ago. I don't want to short Texas Tech. Great performance, obviously, by them. I did not think they would beat Michigan State, and yet the toughness is there. I won't speak for you. They they found a way to win. How did they find a way to win in this one? And they're still alive for the title game now. Matt Mooney's shooting performance in the second half, TJ, reminded me of Dante DiVincenzo of Villanova a year ago in a big dome. Uh, Mooney and DiVincenzo we're basically on the same level of performance. Yeah, and he, he made big shots. They defended, and Michigan State, you talk about living dangerously. They lived dangerously against Duke and outplayed them. But, Matt, they didn't make the plays in the final three or four minutes, didn't make the shots. Winston got the offensive foul on the screen, which was huge. They took the ball from Kenny Goins. 
Uh, uh, McQuaid had a wide-open three that would have made it, I believe, a one-point game or would have tied the game. Didn't make it. And so Texas Tech made the plays, made the free throws. They deserve to be there. And I know you've written, uh, free plug, please, you've written on Sunday, if you're hearing us, about Texas Tech and and their rise here to the title game. Just uh, plug away real quick at cbbtoday.com, sir. Yeah, so what I wrote about at CBB today, I, I wrote four stories, which you can read it at the website on, on the Final Four semifinals, but one of them was about how there are large numbers of programs in the Central Plains, the Southwest, and the Deep South, which have very rarely, if ever, made a national championship game in the past 60 years. Texas Tech has become just the second non-Kansas Big 12 member school to make the national championship game since 1959. That was West Virginia with Jerry West. So, you know, programs in the the, the football-loving regions of the United States, you know, they have not <laughs> culturally valued basketball for a long time. And it stands to reason if you don't culturally value something, you're probably not going to be very good at it. So these schools are finally getting serious about basketball. Auburn as well, hiring Bruce Pearl, and so there's a lot of hope for, for programs that have not historically known very much basketball success. I know that you had Kermit Davis on your show on TuneIn uh, earlier this weekend in Minneapolis, TJ. That's a perfect example of how you know Ole Miss now has hope that it can perhaps make its own first Final Four. So Auburn and especially Texas Tech represent this new wave of hope going through the football-loving schools of the Central Plains, the Southwest, and the Southeast. Yep, and Texas Tech will be there Monday night with Virginia. Do I sneak in the preview mode a quick prediction from you, Matt Zimmick, before we run along here, both of us? Uh, what do you think, real quick, about Monday night? Uh, it's going to be a 55-53 game, and the hard part is going to be determining who has the 55 <laughs> and who has the 53. But if you, if you put a gun to my head and you, and you ask me if I think guns up is going to be the winning rallying cry for Texas Tech, I, I would say yes. I would lean toward Texas Tech, and I'll tell you why. I think that DeAndre Hunter, who smartly attacked the basket in the second half against Auburn, knowing that his jump shot was broken, uh, DeAndre Hunter is going to probably going to have to hit a few jump shots in this game to loosen up the Texas Tech defense and extend it. And given how terrible his jump shooting has been, you know his game within eight feet of the basket is fine. But he he probably has to hit a jumper or two, and I don't expect that to happen. So I'm going to give the very, very slight edge in what is a 50-50 game in more ways than one uh, to to, uh, Texas Tech. Well said. As the ACC will play the Big 12, a, a Texas school, only one has won the national title. That's Texas Western and the late Don Haskins. The famous win over Kentucky 1966 with the all-black starting five. The books, the movies, they're, they're in the Basketball Hall of Fame uh, for what they did. That's the only other Texas school to win a title. Texas Tech has the chance Monday night. And Virginia's never won one either. Never been in the title game either. So history will be made either way. Read more at cbbtoday.com. Always love the insight of Matt Zimmick. I promise we will talk more in the post-game aftermath of this Final Four and championship game on college basketball, coast-to-coast, on the podcast, etc. Thank you, my friend from Minnesota. I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you, TJ.
Love getting to talk with that guy, Ari Russell. So we come back in for our final few moments on our live coverage here from Minneapolis. We are right near U.S. Bank Stadium where the national championship game will be played Monday night, as we just said with Matt, for first-time participants, Texas Tech and uh, Virginia. And, yeah, he's right, football schools. Auburn a football school, Texas Tech a football school. But we've seen this even in the 2000s. You and I have been around to see the Florida Gators win back-to-back titles. Oh, don't remind me. Traditional football school yep. um, in, in that instance. We, we've seen uh, e- even uh, in in recent years uh, teams make great strides. Michigan seems to perennially be in the Final Four. That is first and foremost uh, a, a football school uh, that, that's been able to get it done. So, yes, you've had your Blue Bloods, your Dukes and your Kentuckys that have been able to win it. Villanova had won two of the last three. Yep. North Carolina got one here in the 2010s. Yep. But now you got a chance to see Texas Tech maybe get this against uh, Virginia coming up. So great, great stuff there from Matt Zimmick. By the way, another reminder, our sponsor, Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you are looking for tickets for the title game, go to Vivid Seats, the mobile app, for the great selection inside of U.S. Bank Stadium. Great customer service, 100% satisfaction guarantee and money-back guarantee as well uh, through um, – uh, vivid seats and remember the promo code TJ Basketball 10 to take 10% off and that promo code is good not just for the men's final four but the ladies final four which is tonight in Tampa I left Tampa to come to Minnesota Tampa Florida Amelie Arena downtown Tampa has Baylor and Notre Dame use the vivid seats uh, website and mobile app and use that promo code TJ Basketball 10 take 10% off Use Vivid Seats. They're a sponsor for our college basketball coast-to-coast coverage. All right, give me some more thoughts well, here. Well, actually, one thing that I want to speak about quickly uh, that, that I don't think is spoken about enough, and I did ask the question about it, the fans, man. The, the fans make up so much more than I think the media gives credit for. And I really believe, I mean. You mean I'm the fans the, in the stadium? In the stadium. I believe that the Texas Tech fan base, they were loud. They were loud. You were on the same I, I end took, with them. They were rowdy, man. I was and at I'm the, telling you. Okay, so let me give you this perspective. Yeah. I was at the other end the Michigan from Michigan State. Okay, but they, I was at the other end. Yeah. And they were loud down at our end from, from your end. Right. So they must I, have been deafening from where you were. They, and there, there were easily wrapped around, as you're looking at it from the TV, yeah. the Texas Tech bench would have been on your left. The, the Texas Tech fans would have been in front of that bench on the other side and wrapped around yep. behind you, and there had to be probably 10,000, 15,000 going berserk they, in the lower level. They, they showed up, and they showed up. They, they had a big crowd, and they, that was the biggest surprise, I think. Um, you know, I guess not, though, because, I mean, what has, what has Texas Tech really, you know, I mean, are they a probably a swimming school or something. I don't know. Like football program has been okay. Okay, okay. But known like, you know, for the high powered offense. Yeah. By the way, we had some good t- baseball. I teams. don't mean to sidetrack you. We'll yeah. get back to it in just a second. But Patrick Mahomes, we haven't talked about this. Mahomes was in US Bank Stadium last night, the yep. Texas Tech quarterback, the Kansas City Chief quarterback now. He gave the pregame speech is what we're told. Yeah. He gave yep. what is being described as a fiery pregame speech yeah, to man. fire them up for Chris Beard. NFL MVP. So a little, little magic in, in amongst all of the Texas Tech fans was Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, he night. walked by me about three or four times last night. And, um, you know, and uh, and anyway, uh, but I have to think that the uh, the, the crowd really played a, played a role in, I mean, Texas Tech is a really well-coached team, but there's definitely elements where the crowd lifts up 
the team. No doubt. When you're playing well and it keeps you going. And I know to like, your point yeah. in the Auburn game when they yeah. made the late threes, there were probably fifteen or twenty thousand Auburn fans in there. I was impressed. They went or some of the other fans from other uh, for the other schools, Texas Tech or uh, Michigan State were, were were cheering for them. They went berserk when yeah. Auburn was making the threes. It's it's some scene in there. Michigan State probably had the most fans if yeah. you looked around. And now it'll be fascinating for Monday night. Texas Tech was the loudest by far. Will, will it be split? Will it be more locals? Will I, there be, be twenty or thirty thousand locals because Michigan State's out? We'll I, see. I mean, I tell you what, all fan bases did a really good job of showing up. It seems relatively even. Uh, Texas Tech has been by far the loudest, and I, I, honestly, comparing the two games, the Michigan State Texas Tech game was a lot. It was louder in the stadium. It was louder. It was it was nuts. Yeah. All right, so this is fun for us because we have the semifinals in the book. We now know Texas Tech and Virginia for the title. Final Four Sundays are always fun, but sometimes they're also crazy because I'll just set the scene that that 13 years ago, are we that old? 13 years ago, you and I, as the forerunners doing college hoops on XM on satellite radio, we were at the Final Four, Indianapolis. That was Florida, UCLA, LSU, George Mason. (laughs) Sunday night, it was UCLA and Florida remaining for the title game. And Indianapolis had bad weather. Remember, John Mellencamp was playing a downtown concert outdoors, open to the public. Everybody could come walk up for free and hear it. They had bad weather. They had tornado sirens going off. We got evacuated on Sunday night back 13 years ago, and we were Uh down in the basement of the hotel with a lot of other hotel guests and workers for about an hour. It was kind of scary 13 years ago. Please promise me we're not going to have something like that tonight, we don't think, right, for Final Four Sunday night? I don't think so. It looks rainy. You know, at this time, there's there's nothing on TV that'll keep me from evacuating to the basement like there was last time. That was The Sopranos, the (laughs) debut episode of that season of The Sopranos, and I remember I kept going in the hall hearing the, you need to evacuate, you need to go downstairs, and I said, Ari, we got to go. And you're like, I can't, I can't leave this episode. I'm like, they're going to show it again. It's a tornado. It's a tornado coming. So just promise me we're not going to have that kind of excitement on Final Four I Sunday night, I hope tonight not. I hope not. in Minneapolis. <laughs> they, they have better weather, by the way. It's going to warm into the mid-60s today and tomorrow in Minnesota. A lot of people are making their way here from Virginia, the Mid-Atlantic, Washington, D.C., a lot of people from Texas. I, I ran into some Lubbock people. Uh, uh, earlier today, and they said, hey, we have friends and acquaintances that are driving. They began driving this morning. They are driving here because you can't get a flight to get to Minnesota. So that's got to be like a 16, maybe 20-hour oh drive. Gosh. But they are driving here to try to, to see the – because you don't know when the Red Raiders are ever going to be back. It's a that's title true. game, a chance to make history. I got the hand signals. You got up. the guns up. <laughs> you got the guns up for the, uh, the Red Raiders and, and Chris Beard and Tony Bennett. And it's going to be different. It's not a Duke. It's not a Kentucky. It's not Villanova going for two titles in three years. It's not a North Carolina, a Kansas, an Indiana, or a UCLA. But it's definitely going to be wild. Did you have fun uh, recapping Saturday and looking a little bit ahead to Monday night, Ari Russell? Did you have a good time? Yeah, man. Of course. I always do, wherever wherever I go. I find my, I find my trouble, or trouble finds me. I don't know which it is there <laughs> on both, but I always love having you. Thanks for being my wingman today. Yep. We thank our other guest, Mark Wise, with his analysis of those national semifinals. We also thank Matt Zimmick for being with me from CBBToday.com with his thoughts on the Final Four. Read him at CBBToday.com for college basketball and the Final Four. 
We're done for now. Again, this show replaying. If you missed part of it, the beginning of it, it's replaying throughout the day on TuneIn into the night and into Monday. Live show tomorrow, national title preview. Upcoming tomorrow, that will be 1 Eastern, noon local time, and that show will replay throughout the day, previewing Texas Tech and Virginia. For now, for Ari Russell, I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us from the great white north of Minnesota and college basketball coast-to-coast live. We're back tomorrow, 1 Eastern time live. Talking Texas Tech and Virginia. Bye for now from the Final Four.